Welcome back, Tribe from the North, Brave and Bold to the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals. I am your host, Chris, and with me today, I have Martin. How you doing, Martin? I'm doing great. Good, good. Uh, so for those of you that are joining us on YouTube today, uh, we are testing out our ability to do some live type podcast stuff for you guys going into next year and this year, and we figured, why not with recruiting, have it uh, one of the things that you can look at. So, uh, hello to everybody out there. Please don't comment because I'm the only one you can see right now. We're baby steps, baby steps. But uh, like always, just like the recorded episodes, which are still going to be posted, so some of you might be listening like normal, um, this episode is brought to you by Montucky Cold Snacks. Ain't nothing like cracking a Montucky Cold Snack, an ultra-refreshing light beer born in majestic big sky country. The best part is when you crack a snack, you're giving back. Montucky Cold Snacks donates 8% of all profits back to local causes, even right here in Idaho. Supporting organizations like the CW Hogs and the Idaho Food Bank. Yeehaw! That's freaking awesome. Montucky Cold Snacks, the light American lager for pow pow rippers, gator wranglers, pony riders, and badass do-gooders. Visit MontuckyColdSnacks.com today to find out how to get your ass some snacks. All right, cheers, Martin. We're into this, puppy. Um, mm-hmm. So it's National Signing Day. We got a, a crop of new Vandal recruits, and you're going to have to get, like I said, we're, we're new to this. We're learning. Um, my computer's super laggy for hosting the streaming, um, so Martin might have to read off a bunch of the recruits, and we'll talk about it like that. But uh, listening to Paul talk today, I've read a little bit of what Colton said. We've both been really hard on the 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 Twitter sphere today. I've tried to you know do my real job that pays me. Believe it or not, we don't make enough money on this to do it even remotely part time. Um, I wish. <laughs> I wish. I wish. Um, but we signed twelve guys in December. We've got ten to talk about today. Martin's been in contact with our agent in disguise, Dan, to uh, who's at the Moscow one to give us a little bit of insight on what's going on. I watched Paul Petrino. Yada yada yada. We we've covered it all. Let's see here. Martin, should we hop into recruits? Let's do that. Who? Oh, God, I can't. There we go. Left hand. (laughs) All right. Should we start with? Do you just want to read? Let's just go go from the top of the list. And then we'll uh, maybe we'll get a little bit into each person that we want to talk about. But uh, starting with probably uh, my favorite recruit so far, Chauncey Smart. He's a two-star athlete out of the University of South Florida originally, but Paul Petrino went for him, ended up committing to Miami to run track. Uh, Tommy McCormick, an athlete out of Fallon, Nevada, uh, has a brother on the team, two-star athlete. Then we have Jake Cox, a t- uh, two-star tight end from El Paso, Texas. Then we got Big whose dad, K. Whose dad uh, played at Idaho. It's I true. think he was a coach here. Yeah, we keep that family connection in line. I, there, there was a lot of talk about that. Um we got Caleb Jordan, who Caleb CJ Jordan, who if if it's a tie between him and Chauncey for people I'm so excited about. Three star quarterback from Camus, Washington. He'll probably be the first guy we do a deep dive into, so we'll move past him for now. Jabril Farms, and yeah, we might mispronounce some of these names because it's today was the first time we've heard a lot of them. Um, at least spoken out loud. Uh two star DB out of Stockton, California. Um, then we have Zachary Krotzer, a D lineman out of Spokane, Washington. We have Grayson Harwood, an offensive lineman out of Rupert, Idaho. 
You have Jory Dotson, offensive lineman out of Colville, Washington. Chad Bagwell, an offensive lineman out of Lincoln, California. Fave Fave, a three-star transfer from Washington State, originally from Santa Ana, California. Arnell Walker, a two-star DB from Orlando, Florida. Kamari Bailey, a two-star UK gentleman uh, via Draper, Utah. So we got him at linebacker. Hopefully he's good, good, a little bit of rugby tackles for us. Nate Azoparty Azopar- uh, from Santa, yeah. Santa Mateo, California. Two-star offensive lineman, defensive lineman. Um, according to what I heard from Paul, he's probably going to be on the offensive line. Elijah Sanchez, the guy, three-star lineman out of Palm Desert. Pretty big recruit. Uh, just committed on Monday. That was a big get for us. We out-recruited Bo Baldwin and a couple other Big Sky programs to get him. A uh, name that everybody should know, Landon Rico. Uh, that is Austin Rico's younger brother out of the Spokane Valley. Uh, then we have Mike Beaudry, a quarterback transfer originally from Orlando, Florida. But uh, with UConn being blown up the way it is, uh, he got a free grad transfer type deal out of the University of UConn. Is coming to Idaho. Another big one, Darian Nash, a two-star defensive back out of Covina, California. But more importantly, as you've probably heard in tomorrow's podcast, because we break it down with the Grizz Fam Pod, um, a Montana Grizzly transfer. So that's a big one. Senior coming in, probably going to be the guy who replaces Lloyd Hightower. Then you have Terrence Antolin uh, from Spokane, Washington, originally from Waipahu, Hawaii. Waipahu? Uh, Colby Noseworthy, a two-star athlete out of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Uh, then you have Noah Osby, Ormsby, 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 Ormsby. I think. Couldn't tell if the R was connected to the M. There is an R there. Ormsby, wide receiver out of McCall, so stay in a Vandal. Those of you don't know, there's the Vandals. Um, Jermaine Jackson, a non-rated. Most of these guys are two stars now, so that's great. Originally, when Martin and I were putting this list together, a lot of the guys we had were not ranked, so this is good. Um, Jermaine Jackson, not ranked out of the College of San Mateo. Uh, Derek Tomasini, a two-star linebacker, possibly D-line type player out of Eagle. Um, Good sideline and sideline speed. Then some kind of preferred walk-on, possible gray shirt people you can't really talk about. Um, Well, I mean, the coaching staff can't. We can. Um, Malakali Williams. A three-star athlete out of Chandler, Arizona. Caden Frazier, a two-star quarterback out of Clarkston, so staying close to home. Logan Harris, a offensive lineman out of Boise, Idaho. Rashawn Williams, a three-star out of Stellicum, Washington. Connor Wood. It's a, so that's it's Stellicum. Stellicum. Stellicum, Washington. Uh, Connor Wood, offensive lineman. Uh, from Monroe, two-star. And then Kenji Teramura, a quarterback from uh, Ontario, Oregon. And he's a preferred walk-on. Um, if you have questions during the podcast, okay, there's like nobody else watching. Good. I was like, I'm not going to be watching it too in-depth. So, uh, Martin, if you see anybody, see let nothing. us know. We'll kind of be rolling hashtag. I'm pretty, hash- sure, it's, I'm pretty sure it's you, me, Brian, and probably somebody else. I'm uh, going to assume uh, – <laughs> Taylor Cash, maybe. Maybe. Anyways, <laughs> if you have questions during it, feel free to ask them. I'm, hopefully this stuff works out. This is our first attempt doing it, and what a better one this. Obviously, that's the stuff that we got to address. 
Colton Clark was going to be on this episode, and we were trying to get something from Brian McLaughlin as well, as well as Northwest Spotlights. Turns out, National Signing Day, super busy for them. So they're all a little preoccupied with getting, you know, they have jobs that pay them to do this stuff, and so a little bit more important than coming on the podcast. So Colton will probably be on next week, pending what we're trying to do, and we'll do a little bit more deep dive into what he's got to talk to Paul and everybody about. But right now, Martin and I are just going to kind of cover in a, the, the widest brush possible this recruiting class and what to look forward to next year because currently, as it though I shouldn't say currently, I haven't looked in a couple hours, but coming into the day, Idaho had the third-ranked recruiting class in the FCS, the second-ranked class in the Big Sky. Uh, I believe Eastern Washington is actually number one in the FCS right now. Uh, they actually passed Princeton. So good recruiting. I think for- we got. I think last I saw, we got we dropped down to third in the Big Sky. I think Montana State jumped us. Okay, but still, we're we're, we're not, still we're really high up there. Yeah, and last year I think we finished like sixth or seventh, maybe, uh, in in the entire country for FCS. Uh, when we started this morning, we were ahead of New Mexico State. Uh, obviously, all the playoff teams from last year. Now it sounds like Montana State's moved back in there, so maybe not anymore, but. You got a lot of flack last year for people saying, well, recruiting classes don't matter. Recruiting classes don't matter. We had some freshmen really show out last year. So it goes to show that, yeah, not everybody pans out, but the guys we brought in last year did contribute. And you could tell that we had some guys that were absolutely phenoms. Um, And hopefully we're going to have a lot of that in this class, starting with, I mean, is there anybody else to start with but Caleb Jordan? No, I, I, I didn't want to be as like, I know you're more vocal and like excited to see him, but I, I like you, I am excited too. Yeah. And what's cool. So for those of you that don't know, Caleb Jordan right now is the number two ranked quarterback in the entire FCS, which to put that in perspective, one at the unit, when we were the FBS, we weren't getting anywhere close to the top 20 quarterbacks, top 40. So it's a big deal at our level to get a guy like this. And that's saying the Ivy League schools, like Princeton, has pulled in multiple four-stars, and I believe maybe even a five-star quarterback before. So yeah. the, the Ivy Leagues usually – I mean, look at Fitzmagic. That's a Harvard grad. Like uh, The Ivy Leagues usually get some pretty good quarterbacks. Uh, so the, to be that we have the number two guy right now is it, it's really pretty freaking awesome. And that's according to both 247 and – um, Brian McLaughlin from Hero Sports. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, 247 Sports is probably the nation's largest recruiting site. That's where most of these star ratings come from, which is how they do their rating, like how we had it while we were reading them off. They rate them based on some skill, and they have their own bit of scouts to go out and recruit all these or look at these guys at camps and put a star rating on them. Uh, and, and they rank you based off how many star players you get, and that's how your ranking in the conference moves up and down, where – what Brian McLaughlin's doing, and Kyler Neal hit this perfect on the Eagle Hour. Um, neither of these systems are perfect, but it's good to have the contrast. He is relying on the fact that he is a member of the media and a journalist. He is not a scout, and coaches can do that way better than he ever could. So he's going strictly off offers. If a player is getting offers from multiple schools, he must be pretty good if multiple coaches see something in him. So he's throwing stars completely out the window in the hero sports rankings and going strictly off, you know, a certain amount of points for if they get offered by Power Five. 
a certain amount of points that they get offered by a group of five. Then, you know, FCS big schools, okay. FCS little schools. Um, and with that, Caleb Jordan is still the number two in both of those rankings for the FCS. So that's a huge deal for us. Um, he's out of Camas, Washington, which is in southwest Washington. We covered this a lot last year about how that area is really growing, uh, including the fact that he went, to, he transferred in the Union High School, who won the state championship in 2018. Fortunately, they didn't pull it off this year, uh, mostly because Caleb Jordan did get injured midseason. So that is something that we're looking at, which is why, in addition, like a Mike Beaudry, the transfer from UConn makes sense because Caleb Jordan is going to be an all-star, and there's no reason to rush him into it when he is coming off a injury, and he's, he's not going to be joining the team until June when summer ball starts. So give him time to get everything under it. You get four games to put him in and use the red shirt. It seems like the most logical decision when you think about how last year's conversation was so driven by the quarterback. And then this year we'll be coming in with <coughs> Nikhil Nair, who I still love. I, I don't want people to think that I'm just throwing my Nikhil Nair love under the bridge. I'm still a big believer in him. I hope he gets a real shot this year to see what he can do. Uh, you still have Colton Richardson coming back, who if he's healthy has proven, I think he, and every game he's had at least 50% of our snaps, we haven't lost. So, and that's going back to the FBS when we beat Georgia State. He's, I think, 3-0 and when he has over 50% of the snaps. So, for people that hate on Colton Richardson, he's been a pretty good quarterback for Idaho. He just needs to stay healthy. Now, you have Mike Beaudry coming in. You have Nate Sisko, who I believe is still on the roster. I didn't check and see if he's transferred out. Yeah, I saw him on the I saw him on the, on the so, updated roster. So, you still have Sisko, a guy that looked really good. I heard he didn't really develop quite as much as they would have liked last season, but pretty big culture shock coming from Independence, Tennessee to University of Idaho. You just expect to see him take a big step when he's only going to be a redshirt freshman. It's crazy to think how youthful this quarterback room is. Plus, you still have Freeze on there. Um, we've added a couple other kids that are going to be kind of gray-shirting playing in there. You know, if it wouldn't be... I wouldn't do it, but I know a lot of people want to see uh, Borish get some, at least play at the position just to push the competition a bit because Paul Petrino covered in his press conference on Pluto sports this afternoon at one Pacific or sorry, 11 Pacific noon mountain that uh, the positions he wants position groups. He wants to see the most competition out of are the offensive line in the quarterback room. And right there, you've got Caleb Jordan, a guy who should be coming in and competing, but could probably use the year to sit just because we, we might not need him this year, and we'd better to have him fully healthy than risk him getting hurt in the middle of the year, and then he's coming off of an injury next year. Um, that being said, if he's light years better than everybody for how much talent I think we actually are returning next year, you know, I'm going to trust Paul's decision on this. Uh, I think this recruiting class goes a long way to proving why Paul Petrino might have gotten the shot he still got. This is a second time, you know, second full FCS class of being a full member. And it, he's put together two top ten classes. That's uh, we just got to see if he puts it together. But the young people he brought in seem to work. Um, Brian and I at Media Days talked to him, and that's one of the things he brought up was he thought recruiting was easier now because he doesn't have to walk into a room and immediately be on the defensive because people are going, well, how much do you guys care about football? If, you know, you're going to the FCS now. It's you're walking into a house as a full fledged FCS member in a Power Three conference, and you can just stand on those legs. 
and that helps. Instead of all the hoopla about, well, are they going back? Are they going to go independent? How long are they going to be in Big Sky? As of now, we're in the Big Sky till the Big Sky does something different, whether that be FBS or fold all together. We're we're probably in it till the end here, and that's um, or whack football comes back. <laughs> I I don't think we're leaving for whack football. I would rather I don't know. We'll see. We've got conversations on this stuff. But that's going to be a huge get. He's an absolute stud, three-star. He was one of the original guys that had always been um, a three-star quarterback or three-star prospect even since we made this list. And Martin's done a lot of If you're curious, you can go to tubsattheclub.com right now, uh, click on our recruiting tracker, and we have the list linked there, and you can look at exactly what we're talking about. Uh, we Martin did most of the work here. I started the list. Martin's been really – uh, formatting it and keeping up to it a lot better than I have. So thank you, Martin. Um, but oh, you're wh- welcome. What are your thoughts on on Caleb Jordan? I mean, I hit all mine. I think I I kind of was like when you were talking about him, I was like maybe hold off until he gets here. But after watching watching his huddle tape, watching this tape, I'm like I I believe the hype. And I like you said, like if he's the best guy, if he's the best quarterback going into the game against going in, going the first game of the season, then start him. But I, he, like you said, I, I believe the hype now. He looks really, really good. Yeah. Um, we actually got our first question <laughs> from Rusty, Whoa. who is the new co-host of the Eagle Power Hour with Kyler Neal, friend of the pod. And at some point we're going to have Rusty on here. Maybe actually – Next week, because we play the Eagles after hopefully we defeat the Montana Grizzlies, listen to tomorrow's podcast to hear about how we're going to do that with Mike Nugent of the Grizz Fan Pod. Um, Rusty wants to know, was Idaho able to fill some hole, holes positions that we're shooting for? I think I'm getting that cut off. But yeah. um, That was it. Yeah, to answer the question, yes. Um, I'd, I'd say yes, too. It's, they filled it with two good quarterbacks one you can redshirt and redshirt and let him develop and mm-hmm. let him make sure he's healthy and then one that you can plug and play from day one if whoever wins the position battle yeah. if we need them and like. and offensive line offensive line that that was another that you always need offensive line but they got people that can even as freshmen come in and just play right away too yeah and uh, that's the big thing. So it was offensive line. We had the one of the oldest offensive lines we had had. Actually, the most experience we had up front on the offensive line last year since our 2016 Potato Bowl win against um, Colorado State. And that was something that Paul talked a lot about in the preseason. <coughs> Obviously, it didn't quite come to fruition. But that is something that we we filled. I mean, you're looking down this list of uh, recruits we have signed. We got one, two, three, four, five. Five offensive Seven. linemen, and then yeah, probably some gray shirts. And uh, it's yeah. it's we we brought in a ton of guys there. Um, obviously, quarterback was a huge position in need. We've got the number two guy in the FCS, uh, plus a UConn transfer, so a smart guy coming in. Plus, yeah. hopefully, we our our guy. I mean, Mike Beaudry sounds great. I'm excited to see him play. I 100% want Colton Richardson or Nikhil Nair to win this job. I want it to be a guy who's yeah. been on this team. Um, another thing, like another hole, they fill, I think they also maybe not like it might not have been a big was replacing Jeff Cotton is probably gonna be another big hole. I think they yes, but I, I more think, than likely filled it with Chauncey and uh, yeah. Jermaine Johnson. Yeah, Jackson. Yeah, and I think you look at last year, um, we lost 
God, I can't remember the speedster that got hurt early. Um, but last year we spent a lot of our recruiting on skill position players. We had like two or three running backs, which obviously Nick Romano and Andre Carter turned out to be freaking awesome. And, uh, Martinez. So, I mean, we got three of our starting running backs in last year's class. Uh, we've got a lot of like youthful wide receivers coming up. One of which Jackson Woodward playing on the basketball team. So he's, you know, he's staying in shape. So that was big, but I think the position I was most worried about, cause our D line of linebackers are going to be phenomenal. We barely lose anybody on that front. In fact, most people are coming back from injury, uh, but DBs losing Cedric Thomas and Lloyd Hightower, like two of the last guys who had the bowl game experience. Uh, and then you get to replace them with a guy like Jabril Farms. Uh, we have a couple other guys coming up right now. Arnell Walker, that's a big one out of Orlando, Florida. And then maybe even, uh, I know, uh, Trace Antoloni at safety. And then who is the guy out of Coeur d'Alene? Make sure I get his name right. Uh, Coles, Colby Noseworthy. That is a guy that, if you listen to the Pluto stream, uh, Coach Bresky is trying to fight really hard to get him to play defense. Right now, he's getting looked at at either wide receiver or defense. But um, uh, Bresky thinks he'll be comparable to Lloyd Hightower. How Lloyd Hightower was a really good receiver coming into the University of Idaho back in 2015. But his upside at defense was so high, and they needed it that, at that position so much. And obviously, it worked out for him. <laughs> Um, that's where one he was looking at, and then the biggest one is that Darian Nash, getting a yeah. guy who was a two-year starter for the University of Montana, and he transfers over to Idaho and is immediate immediately eligible. He's a grad transfer. He's graduated, so uh, I believe all of our transfers are eligible to play next year, which is awesome, and and that's one you to expect. Darian Nash. Is a guy who is a very good lockdown perimeter corner. You're not going to put him on the slot. You're going to put him on your Sammy Akems, um, your Samori Toure's, your your number one guys, and he's a guy that can shut them down, especially probably those two because he's practiced against them forever. But, um, yeah, it's definitely uh, um, good, and I'm very excited about it, and we will definitely hit you up for basketball. Um, Martin. We yes. talked. We talked Caleb Jordan. If there is another second favorite guy in this class, it would have to be Chauncey Smart. Oh yeah, I yeah. He once he committed and why he just kind of seemed like he was always into just wanting people to come to Idaho and just he was always yeah. Because he, he seemed like he was buying. He he bought into. Was he the first commit? The ten twenty one. Yeah, he was our first guy yeah, to commit. Yeah, he was the first too. one. And. This is uh, for people that aren't following along. This is the guy Paul Petrino really wanted when we were back in the Sun Belt. Um, he's out of Florida, and he ended up committing to USF. I think he redshirted one year at USF, decided he didn't want to do football, wanted to pursue like the Olympics and stuff, went to Miami and was a track stud at Miami, and then has since decided that, hmm, you know, there's not a ton of – well, I don't – this is my reasoning. I, this is not anything he said. There's not a huge future being a track star, especially if you're not going to make the Olympic team. You can make a lot of money playing football. Look at, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, right now FCS guys, you got Keelan Doss bouncing around the NFL, Kendrick Bourne, Cooper Cup. Like, well, you, you've got guys, uh, David Unger up in Canada. Like, they're FCS guys making some money right now playing football. And right now he has, I mean, other than Cooper Cup, um, probably the most electric out of all of them. 
he his speed is going to be unreal. I mean, we'll see how it looks in pads. Um, but it, it's just it's not even now if he even plays. I think he will play. Yeah, it sounds like when he signed back in December, Paul said this is the kind of guy you just find a way to get the ball in his hands, whether that's wildcat, um, jet sweeps, screen passes, whatever it takes, punt returns. You want to get this guy a ball, the ball. He's electric. Um, but it's more the fact that just every guy who's gotten an offer, he's out there usually beating Martin and I who are on the tail of this stuff to retweet, like, comment, and be like, yeah, man, we're creating Come something join special. Us. Join the tribe. Yeah, join. and just super positive. He's verified on Twitter. I don't think I've ever seen – he. He also has, like, I think over five times the amount of followers the official Vandal football account has, too. Yeah, he's like big. He's like a celebrity. And he's yeah. coming to Idaho and, like, couldn't be a nicer guy. Like, so down to earth. Like I said, congratulating everybody. And he's going to be significantly older than most of these guys coming in. And you can tell, like, he's already viewing them as, like, brothers and teammates and hasn't even met half these dudes. He's, like, the first guy to congratulate them. Uh, I'm I'm just so excited, more so for just his attitude in the locker room and being so uplifting. From mm-hmm. what it seems, I, I it doesn't even matter how he plays, but I think he is going to be a lightning rod on the field too. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, let's see, anybody else to, um, that you're dying? I know uh, Chad Bagwell is a offensive lineman out of Lincoln, California. He's a, Juco. he's a Juco. I just forgot to add, I just realized I forgot to add that, that he is a – forget the school, but I, they know he's a Juco. Yeah. He's already on campus too. But, yeah, he's one of the guys uh, Paul mentioned to have a chance to play early. He also mentioned Fave Fave. Um, so those are guys to look to play uh, right away. Uh, obviously, we could use Bagwell. He's an offensive lineman, two-star. Um, Fave Fave is the Washington State transfer. I'm trying to think here. Who are some other just like guys that really pop off? You co- you covered the Jake Cox thing, which which brings up uh, what uh, Luther Ellis talked about in his part of the live stream earlier today. Family. I mean, it's no secret. At one point, we had like seven pairs of brothers. You had uh, two dads. You have both the Breskies coaching. You had Paul and Mason. It, it was just a, it's a family show at Idaho. I mean, the Luther or Luther Ellis with Noah Ellis. Christian Ellis, and at one point, Caden Ellis. Um, God, I hope we get the littlest Ellis, too. But um, it it just goes to show how, I guess, exciting it is that we can attract this family atmosphere. Yeah. Um, yeah another example of family. Landon Rico, the All-American, three-time, four-time, all-American, four-time Ray Guy finalist, one-time Lou Groza finalist. Austin Rico's little brother, Landon, from Central Valley in Spokane, is going to be a vandal, which, I mean, it's no secret. K Coffee's on his senior year, so, um, or maybe junior year, correct? I think he's a senior this year. Yeah. Either way, we have at least one or two more years of Cade. Yes, his numbers last year were bad. He was dealing yeah. with a leg injury all year. Turns out when you're a kicker, it's pretty hard when you have a leg injury. Um, <laughs> but that's all right because Landon is going, according to Luther Ellis on the live stream, Landon will be doing a two-year mission. I believe they are an LDS family, the the Ricos. So he'll be doing a two-year mission and then returning, so we won't actually see him until 2022. 
So and that leaves us a year to redshirt there. So I don't know who I forget who we have in right now. I think I've, it's Logan Prescott. Like, yeah, Logan Prescott was doing the kickoffs, and Cade was that kind of took some yeah some of the stuff off of Cade. So, so he's he going to get to do as much. He's going to get his fair shake. Um, like we're going to have Prescott, or you know, get his chance once Cade's gone, and then you're going to have a year to redshirt uh, Rico if you need to. Or if you don't, play him. It it's, works out perfect that he'll have two years um, on a mission. And, you know, unlike some players, I mean, it obviously doesn't hurt BYU. But, I mean, he's going to be walking and biking. Like His leg is going to be fine. I mean, he might not have time to lift weights, but you don't need your kicker lifting weights. So, Although I did hear he likes to hit people. So <laughs> that, that could be interesting. Um, we covered Darian Nash. That's a huge signing. Mike Beaudry, huge signing. Um, interesting guy is the Kamari Bailey, the yeah. linebacker out of Birmingham in the in the UK. Yeah, I I think it was like I think it was it Colton or was it Paul or someone said he only's only played a year of football and he's already he's an athlete. He plays is it three sports or is it just football and basketball? Because I know he's come across as like he's a multi sport athlete just doing everything. Yeah, I think he's just done the bit of football. Uh, okay. I don't remember why he came to the States. I don't think it was for football, though. It's not like he came to try American football. I think he moved to Utah and realized that, like, rugby wasn't a thing or, I don't know, soccer, whatever he's doing, and yeah. he picked up football. I mean, you think about one of our best players we've ever had in Mikey Apati. One year of football. Otherwise, there was no way we were getting Mikey Apati. So... I don't know. It, it, it's a big grab. There's not a lot of tape on him, um, but it 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 should be very interesting to see. Mm-hmm. I, he's he might be one of those players that you redshirt, get him physically bigger because I think I saw you could play the linebacker, DN, kind of yeah. the the Caden Ellis role. I think is what they want, or maybe the Charles Ocon, what what Ocon is playing now. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, let's see. And then uh, we can't really touch on any of the gray shirts. Uh, Noah Ormsby, the McCall kid. That's that's a huge yeah. get. I, I'm i liking a lot of just like not just Noah, but like getting a lot more of the Idaho and the the overall stuff, just getting not – not that getting the south, the people from the southeastern part of the United States, but like having more of the local stuff to kind of build that recruiting base up here and have that getting going, get that going. Yeah. No, 100% agree with you. Um, This class, I believe I counted. If you're counting the schools these players are transferring from, not their hometowns, even though I'm pretty sure the number would still be the same, um, you you have 11 states, which is still kind of up there. But it's more like last year we didn't have anybody come from Montana. We had a guy come from Arkansas. Uh, we didn't, we had a couple kids from Arizona and a kid from Nevada, but I don't think we had anybody from Utah. And yeah. this year we, and instead we had a kid from Mississippi. It's like, now we have these guys who are all Northwest kids. I mean, I made the map, uh, that you can see on one of our updates on the tubs of the club recruiting tracker, or I think was the thumbnail for this video. If you're watching on YouTube, um, most of them are clustered around, you know, Colville, Spokane, Spokane Valley, Clarkston, uh, Pullman, Coeur d'Alene, uh, Eagle, Boise, McCall. It's all 
It, it feels like a Montana class, yeah, like a Montana and an Eastern class. I think Eastern hits a little bit more of the California schools than Montana does. Um, and I've never been a huge California recruiter fan. Uh, I'd rather get kids from Texas. But I will say the guys that Paul's brought in don't seem to have the problems that some of the guys that Aki brought in did with just like, and it could just be that we're in the FCS now. But I felt like some of the guys Aki brought in from California did not care. They're all USC, UCLA fans, and they did not give two rats about being in Idaho. They just viewed it as this is my chance to get in and get out, which is why a guy like Max Komar stood out to us so much because he's a hardworking Northwestern kid who was a walk-on mm-hmm. who ended up being one of the top receivers this program's ever had. Um, and I think it goes to show we've been saying it for a while that having the the local kids was going to be big for us. Obviously, that's what Eastern relies on a lot is getting the UW and Wazoo rejects, getting the kids with the chip on their shoulders, and it's worked. Uh, Montana, both schools, they find just these Montana, Dakotas, Wyoming, just roughneck gems um, that they turn find into. Find those it. diamonds in the rough. Yeah, and we're hoping people like Noah Ormsby are going to be that. People like Colby Noseworthy are going to be that. Guys like Terrence yeah. Antonlin are going to be that. Uh, another yeah. guy that got mentioned, obviously, Elijah Sanchez. Uh, a little less unknown gem. He was pretty heavily recruited as a three-star. But yeah. we, I know another thing I noticed was he was heavily trying to like get his name out there, too. Just just putting himself out there, trying to get himself recruited. He seemed like he wanted to find the best program for him. Sanchez? Yeah, he was like... Yeah. If you like, I respect the hustle of him trying to get like get his name out there. He was like replying to every coach out there, putting his name out there, trying to get noticed. Too. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, and then uh, a, a cool story. I guess I don't know how many people that are listening to this uh, listened to the live stream, but one of the cool things was uh, Coach Vernon Davis or Vernon Davis, um, Vernon Smith. Um, our defensive backs coach uh, is a Montana alumni, actually, and he brought up kind of how that was an easy way to break the ice with Darian Nash, um, or Darian. I haven't really pronounced, learned the proper pronunciation to that quite yet, but one of the things he mentioned was, you know, yeah, it was an easy icebreaker. Could I be like, yeah, you know, I, I was at Montana, this, this, that, the other, go Grizz, whatever. And... He said, but what shocked him the most was how usually when people come on visits, especially transfers, they kind of just talk to him low-level football, you know, not try to, like, I mean, he didn't say all this, but, like, I'm assuming it's you're not trying to, like, act like your system is so much more sophisticated than anything they've ever ran. It's more of a mutual spec. Here's what we're about. We run this kind of system. This is what you're expected to do, this, the, that, and the other. And from what Vernon said, like, wasn't long into any conversation where uh, Nash just said, hey, like, well, what about, like, when people are looking at you with this look? And, like, he got deep into football talk at, on his visit and just was and said, uh, Smith was like, that's just not something that usually happens. Like, you don't usually have a recruit come in who just wants to talk football. 
scheme yeah yeah like scheme and like you know when i what i liked and what we found success at montana how are you guys doing it like oh you know like two years ago against keelan doss i did this and i held him to this much what kind of scheme are you guys running against him because you guys actually held him to less yards than we did and like that kind of stuff and it's like that's not what you're expecting you got some guy coming in here going yeah you know i'm kind of looking to transfer want to check it out i've been to the kibbe dome once you're local. You have the program I want to go to grad school for. Um, so that was unique and very different and a cool story that I took away from the live live stream. Mm-hmm. What I mean, you watched it. Any big takeaways that you had from? No, like I was like you kind of said perfectly with like I, that's what I was kind of like taking away. I was like, oh wow, I didn't think that you would be talking scheme like there's not scheme but like how you defend this like talking like tactics against like how do you play this against this and stuff like that with him yeah that was something i saw that was cool yeah and like i said you know for everyone looking for their joining later whatever colton clark and i and hopefully alex boatman will be breaking this stuff down a little bit more next week but um boatman obviously for those who don't know works at the university of washington in fundraising turns out they signed players today too so he's busy doing their version of what's going on at the best western right now in moscow um and then colton clark's you know making a good paper for you so go pick up the lewiston tribune or pay for the digital only copy um because he is hard at work he's been at work all day so make sure you go pick up his paper and the same with Northwest Spotlight. You know, they're busy getting testimonials and everything and making sure their website's up to date with people that have commuted. And Brian McLaughlin is the only guy covering national recruiting for the FCS level. So he's turns out, is a little busy today as well. And we might not even be able to get him on next week, if we're being honest. So um, we'll, we'll see. We want to get some people on that have had more conversation with the coaches. Obviously, Martin and I have not. Um, but... I've listened to everything. We've been following them. I mean, we started this back in what November, Martin? When did we make this November spreadsheet? Does, I would say like late November, maybe even early. Yeah, but yeah, it was. Yeah, and uh, for those of you that are interested and now have the link, uh, you can see we also have soccer, men's basketball, women's basketball down there. Um, so I mean, we're, we're... we'll get up. I'll start working on the other stuff soon. It's just I've been football's a big one. So focused on football. Yeah. It's and the, it's soccer, the like every other sometimes obviously recruits are diff like recruiting for other sports is different so yeah. it's kind of it's it's the front door argument right yeah um then let's see anything else i kind of missed here yeah uh mike bresky excited about cole cole's being noseworthy we talked about that luther ellis family sinkovich talked about elijah Sanchez. the other thing i wanted to kind of bring up was how i, I didn't i know montana still got some other kids from northern idaho i think they got was it somebody from Sandpoint, like Sandpoint High School? I can't remember who it was, but yes, I believe so. Like able to able to take back after what was it last year? Montana sign was it? Kale Edwards or I can't yes, I forget the, his name. Uh, quarterback safety he, from Coeurdelaine. Yeah, being able to get back, kind of build that Coeurdelaine pipeline. Hopefully, with mm-hmm. noseworthy, just having getting him back, might be able to rebuild the Coeurdelaine High School pipeline to Moscow. Yeah, and you know. Um, not that we need another quarterback, but Paul said when he at his introductory press conference, he wants to sign a quarterback every year. He wants to have a senior, a junior, a f- sophomore, and a freshman, and a redshirt guy on stat like on scholarship every single year. The Coeur d'Alene quarterback right now, and 
sorry if I'm wrong about this. I know Coeur d'Alene actually has people that still really follow that high school team. I do not. But I've seen multiple videos of him practicing short-sleeved in the snow at 5 a.m. And, you know, doing extra workouts where he's like the last one in the gym. So he's the kind of guy that you want. He's a grinder. And he's the kind of guy that Montana schools probably have already looked at. And it would be a shame if Idaho can't steal him away. Fortunately, we don't have the best track record with quarter-lane quarterbacks as of late. Don't hit me with your John Freezes. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, so uh, he's a guy to keep on. Um, that's one thing Paul touched on. He's like, somebody asked, so when do you start prepping for 2021? He's like, you know, you're prepping for 2021 and 2018. Like, you're going to these schools, and you already have a list of all the freshmen and sophomores that you should be looking at. So they are well on their way for the 2021 class, which is one thing I do really, really want to shout out, and then we'll kind of get into some hashtag STATCs. Uh, so make sure if you're following us on YouTube, start putting them in the comment section. There's not a lot of you, but that's good. It's a good test run for us. Um, if not, we'll read your ones from Twitter and everywhere else that you usually get them to us. But uh, Brian Reeder is just I remember when Jason Gesser was not retained which still would have been a weird situation being the offensive coordinator to then the interim head coach coaching four or five games I don't quite remember and then coming back on and Paul probably would have delegated him to like because he likes Molnar so it wouldn't have been quarterbacks coach he would have been probably doing running backs which is where Brian Reeder is and the whole goal was, if you walk into a school, which is probably why Paul didn't get it. He did not want to recruit to Northwest. But I said, if you walked into a household as Jason Gesser, like, that was named notoriety right there over, like, in Idaho State, a Montana, Montana State Eastern. You have Jason Gesser, which kids in Washington, northern Idaho, and Oregon knew about Jason Gesser, taking the Cougars to the Rose Bowl. However, I realized that generation has started to long – go away it, it's he's become like drew Bledsoe, where most people don't even know he played in the nfl for years and was actually the guy who probably should have won super bowl 2001 or the 2001 super bowl for the patriots brian reader on the other hand is more beneficial for what that exact role was going to be um, listening to him talk today he's perfect to be the head of the recruiting coordinator because he says he really connects with the jc guys because that's the route he went and he can talk about how when he hit the University of Idaho, it just felt home. And that's why after having a pro career uh, in the AFL for the Iowa Barnstormers, um, he came back and wanted to come to Idaho. Now, I know he's married to, I believe, a soccer player, and she likes being here as well. But he, they either way, they made the move back. He's originally from California. He had just spent three or four years in Iowa. He moved back to Moscow, Idaho. And I think that resonates with kids that, you know, he probably could get a job elsewhere. He was a top uh, one of the higher rated quarterback recruits we've ever had until Caleb Jordan. And that was at the FBS level where people were saying a guy who got drafted in Nathan Enderley probably should have been playing behind him. That's how hyped he was coming in. Um, so I think having him hearing how he talks, how he connects with the kids. Um, and you can kind of tell how much he likes this. Uh, it, it was really cool to see. So I'm I love Brian Reeder. He doesn't get enough call outs, I think, 
for the job he's doing because people are like, well, he's back at his alma mater. I'm like, yeah, but he had never probably met Paul Petrino till he got this job. And I'm sure he asked Paul if there's room for him. I think he originally came on as an offensive assistant. He was not a GA or something. Yeah, he was not found by Paul Petrino. It was like, hey, like a Luther Ellis, you want to come coach Mike Bresky, et cetera. It was not that. This was a guy who said, hey, I played quarterback here. I don't know if you know, I would like to coach. And now as he moved up from a GA to an OA to a running backs coach, now he's the head of recruiting. And so I like seeing that there is a vandal in this staff, you know, that I, I, I just, I love Brian reader. Um, I'm happy to see he's doing well and all that, but, uh, you got any further, further takeaways before we hit some hashtag SDATCs? Let's get right into the questions. All right, well, first, because we have time for once. Do you wish Idaho had a better national image? Do you want Idaho to find the next great coaches and maintain all the great ones we already have? What about winning more Big Sky national championships? Well, these are all things that your local Vandal Scholarship Fund is a part of. All of that and much more while fulfilling the most important mission, making sure all our student athletes are rewarded with scholarships. There is no better time than now to give to the VSF. The ICCU arena has broken ground and looks great if you look at the webcam. Our student athletes are reaching historic marks on the court, fields, pools, and most importantly, in the classroom. Show our new leadership how proud you are to be a Vandal and that you are excited to help. Donate to the VSF today and help reclaim Idaho's lost decade. All right, hashtag AskTATC. Martin, do you have any of them pulled up? <laughs> Um, no. All right. Well, I have all vandals pulled up while I read these. See if you can find the ones on Twitter. Okay. Um, so we're starting with, I, I, might have to I thought these. that VSF thing was a, was a question. I was like, wait, what? Oh no, that's our ad read when we have time. We're under an hour. So we have time. Um, I'd really, this is from vandal freeze on all vandals.com. The two four sevens, uh, forum website. Yeah. I'd really want to know, as a person who values loyalty, how a group of schools in a relatively stable conference would even ever entertain the idea of bringing BSU on board. They've proven to be an unreliable and flaky conference mate that expects per preferential treatment whenever they go. Adding them won't give the Big Sky any more bids to the tournament. I can't see any upside when they treat everyone else around them as pawns. Um, rather than partners. Let's check here. So this was from January 31st. So it's a little bit old, but it is Brian asking for questions. So we will go through it. Um, we kind of covered this in last week's episode and a little bit in tomorrow's episode. Um, it just strictly comes down to it being good for the state and the schools. For me, at least, uh, having Boise State and Idaho State on the schedule, plus Montana, plus Eastern, gives Idaho four home games. Uh, every year that they can count on pretty much being sold out and in a way game that you know a lot of alumni are going to go to. Um, other than that, yeah, they have proven to be somebody that will pick their ball up and go home, and that's not necessarily somebody you want to be throwing a bone to because they're not going to appreciate the bone you threw them. It's not like when the big sky is down, they're going to be like, you know, you know what, nobody else would take us. We got kicked out of the Mountain West because we needed more money for football, and they took us in. Even though we made more money and it didn't make strategical sense for any of their schools, they did it. Boise State is the program that be like, 
Our RPI sucks. We're leaving. We're going to go to the Big West or the Summit or the WAC. So, yes, in that sense, it does suck. But it is a brand. It does help us to possibly get to the point where we're getting 10 to 12 seeds, like seeded numbers, instead of being like a 14, 15, or 16 seed. Plus the off chance every couple of years we could get a second seed in the NCAA basketball tournament. Because if you have the likes of a Montana, a Boise State, and a Weber competing, if, let's say, a program like Boise State wins that has a name brag recognition, uh, you're not going to leave Weber State out that goes 20 and 25 and 2 with the, with the next Damian Lillard. So, uh, whereas right now, they might get left out if a team like Sac State wins. Well, they've never won it. So we'll say Idaho State because they apparently have a rich basketball history. Idaho State wins it. Um, Idaho State's going and no one else from the Big Sky is. Where if you add another school with some big name, they go, oh, it's like the WWE or the WWE, the WCC, (laughs) where Gonzaga doesn't have to win every year because people respect BYU and St. Mary's now. So if St. Mary's wins the WCC, Gonzaga, if they have a good season, will still go because Gonzaga is still a good team. And they know that they are, most of their loss came to BYU and St. Mary's, two teams that have proven to be in the tournament. That's what you're getting with Boise State. Martin? Yeah, I like you said, I don't think they'd be – you, you kind of hit the nail on the head for that. I love hitting the nails on the heads. Please yeah. ask how – Kieran Beecham will be used. He could be a real star for the Vandals. I am guessing that's. I a think he could player. be like he's the. He signed last year. I can't think it was a school out of high school out of San Diego. I think I'm not entirely sure, but I think he an athlete that can play multiple positions. I think he'll be someone that you can maybe use as the kind of like the was it dj lee played the had that wide receiver that double pass against wyoming or was that bryson sorry i was warned that my volume was crazy high on the microphone yeah so i was fixing that i was not listening what was that yeah i was just thinking like he could be used as kind of like the that wildcat like you could take out whoever the starting quarterback is to make sure they don't get injured and then put in like a kyron kyron or or a DJ Lee and have those kind of those double pack, kind of like those trick play wildcat plays where they have played quarterback in the past. They know how to throw the ball mm-hmm. and still kind of run an offense normally. Yeah. Um, see, I don't, I don't remember him at all, actually. Um, he was kind of a really late guy. He they committed late. I'm pretty sure he was going to gray shirt. And then like, I think last second was added to the, he came in in August. Okay. Um, <laughs> everything, all of these are about Boise State. So these are old. Let's see. Do you have Twitter pulled up? Do we have any recruiting? TAs? There's nothing. Oh, mine's like, are those two for Grizz fan pod? Yeah, which we answered. You will get those tomorrow. Thanks for <laughs> throwing us on an awkward situation with the one, two, which I guess is a good time as any for anybody that does listen to this before the Grizz fan pod episode. Um, to address the picture I posted before that, <laughs> there's no – I feel like I've created this fake conspiracy, which I guess was semi my goal, but more – Did you lose a bet? No. That was kind of what I was hinting at was because, like, 
I talked a lot of crap on Montana. It was more of like a mending bridges with Mike moment. But also, uh, my degree's in marketing. No better way to create, like, uh, barstool sports. Uh, Dave Portnoy, the president, calls himself David Pageviews or something, Mr. Pageviews. Part of what my goal is, is running this podcast, is to get interest in it. And I think we're going to have a good episode, which Mike has follows Montana basketball well. Um, Brian covers the big sky basketball well. I thought it was going to be a good episode, and I wanted people to tune in. When some people – it is no secret to anybody that listens to this podcast. We brought it up. Our basketball numbers are significantly lower than our football numbers. We don't usually even average 100 people listen to our basketball numbers. We're usually in the 80s. So if we can get them closer to our football numbers, <laughs> which we'll leave – I'm not going to dispose of all that stuff, but I'll say they're higher than 100 people. Uh, if we can get even close, it would be a lot better. If we could average over 100, and especially in the years we've had, it would mean so much for basketball going forward. Um, and so when we have a good basketball episode, I want to promote it. So that was more of a promoting, like, oh, why did he do it? And I bring up, like, oh, we have a Grizz on, and so I'm getting in the Grizz mood. Oh, uh, trying to get the high, trying to get more. Yeah, I, I and to get the I hype. in the mind of my enemy, and I kind of talk to. Um, it becomes a. I don't want to ruin it because when you listen, you'll hear it. But uh, Mike and I kind of discussed the picture, and <laughs> about how much reaction. It paused the podcast because it was blowing up so much. Um, so for everyone expecting a juicier story, I'll just let you know now. There's not one. So if you get bored in the middle of the podcast. You don't have to stay to the end if you don't want to. There's nothing else coming out other than some fun banter with Mike at the end about it. Um, so sorry. That was you know, apparently in poor taste because I think people are expecting this big, like, coup de gras type deal of why I'm in a Grizz shirt. And it was just <laughs> this will make people listen to figure out why is he in a Grizz shirt. So um, that was it. But uh, let's see. Martin, you have not been on in a while. How about you get to ask a getting eyes? And then I'm gonna ask you, and then oh, we'll boy. we'll wrap this puppy up because I'm not editing this. I mean, I'm gonna cut okay. our beginning going live, but this is gonna be completely raw, not yeah. even intro music because we have the real podcast coming out tomorrow as mm -hmm. usual, 8 a.m. in the morning. Oh boy, um, oh gosh, God, I hate these things. Um, yeah, no one likes getting iced. I know. Where was the – speaking of getting iced, oh, my gosh, I can't – oh, <laughs> I can't think of something. Why don't you go first, then I can think of something. Okay. I can't think. Let's go with – I want to know – you were in the dorms, correct? Yes. I want to know your craziest – were you in Wallace – uh, for four years, yeah. I want to know your craziest Wallace story. Um, I uh, uh, how uh, how uh, descriptive can I go? Well, I already marked this live stream as not um safe for children. <laughs> okay, so, um, I'll just try and be I'll be vague, but I think it, I'll be <laughs> vague, but I'll try and keep it. A little friendly, if that makes sense. Yeah, that works. 
so we're at a the, I was just getting back from a volleyball game and I think this was the same day they Idaho was playing New Mexico State and they blew the huge lead at halftime. Oh, and we come Halloween. back on Halloween like the, yeah, three or four ankle, years ago. Reception games. Okay, so we get back from this is the day they had Idaho. Idaho was playing a volleyball game and I think I had I had a few drinks. So we get back to the dorm. We I get back to the dorm. And I've had I'm a little a little tipsy, not tipsy. Like I'm having a few drinks, and I take a nap because I'm pissed off. Idaho blew a insane lead against New Mexico State with the crazy interception, mm-hmm. and I wake up to my neighbor's bed jumping off the floor. Put two and two together. What's probably going on there? Um, and I'm drunk because like I have to throw up, and I'm just like trying to stay still, not trying to make it awkward. Like they know I'm there. And sorry, I thought something just popped up. And yeah, it was the most awkward, insane. It was like the most, it's almost insane. It was like the most weird moment I've had in the dorms. And then also the other one was the, when it was super smoke, when like the forest fires were big in the area, someone left the window open. It just got like, our, like the whole hall got hazy and you could see like a haze in the room, in the rooms. That is really so, the craziest yeah. stories you have. It's that's not that much. The other one, I guess, not too much happens when you're in the dorm, though. It's more what you're doing. Yeah, it's about. it's kind of. There's not. I mean, there is another story I could tell from. Uh, if we got, how much little time do we got? Ah, we're good. We'll save it. We'll save. Okay. It. I could add it. I could. Well, it's mainly I get my friend. I could get Jack to help tell it with me because he was there with me. It's a basketball yeah. band story we from Waco. Another. He's banned, right? He was on the band cast. Yeah, he was on the bad cast. We. I, I could get him to record that with me, and yeah. it could make it. You could slap that on the end episode story episode. Okay. Yeah, we could do that. Um. All right. If you got any. <laughs> then you're getting a, Yours was a. What was your uh most like the most clever spot you found yourself getting iced? Was it like. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm pretty good about not getting iced. Um, Is that a challenge? Because I'm pretty good at this. I'm I pretty will, good at I getting iced. I will openly iced. challenge anybody to try to ice me. Uh, <laughs> luckily, most people don't know where I live. And unless it's at a tailgate next year, I feel safe I'm going to get away with that one. Uh, probably one of my buddies' bachelor parties like two years ago where we rented a big house in Edmonds, Washington because we are going crabbing. They hooked up a, like, uh, not a pulley system. Somehow when you open the door, there wasn't an ice. But, like, the further you opened it, it dropped down. Oh. But it didn't quite work like they wanted to. Like, it didn't go right to ice. Well, of course, I'm 5'5", so it might have been meant for somebody, like, 6 foot. I think they were just trying to get whoever came through the door. Not necessarily me. But, yeah. You know that or, like... I've had somebody like leave one in my like in college. They'd leave it in like my utility drawer in my room. Oh yeah. Where like I would randomly be running the class and have to grab a pencil. But mine was always I hid like in camp. I hid one in a I hid one in a trombone case. Yeah. Here's the here's the question we can play with this and this we want answers from people that listen. If you get iced like I just mentioned where it's been left there or nobody's around and you don't see it, is it okay? To not take the ice. Ooh. Is it is it if 
a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, does it make a sound? If you get iced and no one's there to see it, did you really get iced? Or are you a person of pride and do you take that ice, get on one knee anyways, maybe throw it on your Snapchat story? <laughs> what what Instagram story, whatever the kids are doing these days. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Depends on my mood. If I'm already drinking, I'm downing that. Or if I'm in a really good mood, I'll probably just do it. If I'm in a pissy mood or running late to something, no. That thing is staying. If anything, I'm just going to reuse it and try to ice somebody. And somebody just gave me a free way to ice somebody. I know my friends always did it. Where like, if it was like, if they found it before school, they'd just they'd send it to you and be like, "Damn it!" And then they'd drink it afterwards. They always at least acknowledged it. Yeah. All right. Oh, and I got one more thing I want to yeah, add yeah, beforehand. Yeah. This is going up. Is this going up tomorrow? No, this is going up today. I'm literally gonna oh, download the audio, upload it, post it. Probably right. cut out the part where I um, the batteries died. Okay. I want to say one thing, and mm-hmm. to those that are local within, I'd say. Coeur Lane area or within an hour's drive, come to the basketball. I know this is going to make date the episode. Come to Cowan Spectrum tomorrow and watch the watch first place Montana State take on second place Idaho. It was a double overtime game last time in Bozeman, and I'm sure this game is going to be good next year. And these ladies are probably the best team we have on campus, and I'd like to see like them get the best, the most support they can get. <laughs> Did you just worry about dating the podcast? When we're, it, when we're sometimes, it, when, sometimes when we're recording sure a national all. signing day episode. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Though. Always looking out. All right. <laughs> um, well, that's all you've got. Let me pull up what. Oh, oh, we have one thing I've been meaning to bring up for weeks and haven't. Uh, Mitch Hopkins, congratulations on winning the FCS Fans Nation Pick'em for Tubs of the Club. Um, as I know, he is a Washington State alum. I'm assuming he will be at the Wazoo game next year. You may expect your tub of tub tokens um, at that game. To our friends, Connor Lindstrom. And, oh, God, no. I can't remember her name right now. Oh, gosh. I, no, I, I've known I, I know what you're thinking of. I literally I, had I, yeah. it until I said Connor, but I thought I was going to forget Connor's name. Uh, it's Mar- or, uh, Brian's friend. Shoot. Um Anyways, thank you for playing. I feel terrible now that I forgot your name after thinking I was going to forget somebody else's. Um, nah, maybe I'm going to edit that part out. But <laughs> congratulations. Um, uh, you guys next year, DM us before it. We might have something special. Might still just get you guys a token for playing. Because um, it, it was really fun having people other than the Tubs at Club people on it. So we do want to reward everybody for playing. But Mitch gets the grand prize. Um, time to close down the bar. Reminder, April. Oh, I think I was it. Wait, was it was it Jamie Hill? Yes, Jamie Hill. Thank you. Yes, Jamie Hill. <laughs> you definitely get a tub token now, but on me, not on the podcast. So find me or have Brian get it from me. Um, yeah, Jamie Hill. Uh, April seventeenth, we're doing our airing of grievances. Final time we can talk about it. FCS versus FBS. Right now. Most likely confirmed. Get, people have said they're confirmed. We'll label it. Buck Cowan, um, the Black and Gold podcast for App State. Uh, God, we have um, uh, Barstool. The person Idaho. that runs the Barstool account. Yeah, Barstool you know who you Idaho are. is going to be there. We don't know. I, I haven't really talked to him in what capacity. 
if he's planning on participating in he, active discussion. He sounded interested. I was talking to him at the basketball game. He sounded interested, like he'd show up. Yeah, I just don't know if he's still. I know he did his reveal. I don't know if he's still kind of like alias it or not, though. You know, or if I he think totally. If you, it's like if you if you know, you know, kind of thing. If you, if you know, you well, they're all gonna know. That's the reason that you are getting to watch <laughs> us on YouTube today. We are working on how our audio setup works. I'm probably still yelling into this mic, which apparently is pissing people off. Um, if that's one thing I have to learn. On the podcast, you can't hear me unless I'm yelling into it. So uh, we're learning how all this works so that when we do that, hopefully it's a very high-quality production. Obviously, we're going to have a lot of guests. Alex Boatman is going to try to make it. Um, but, you know, he's got spring ball going on as well for university of washington so april 17th it's the spring game make sure if you're in moscow you mark it out um if you're not you should go to the spring game and join us uh we'll uh, we're debating on places to do it maybe either the parking lot maybe a place around campus I, I should probably just ask mark and see if we can do it in the corner club that would actually be probably the most fitting thing um but i just need to get around to doing it um uh, we just recorded the recruiting podcast, so this is obviously the I revamped it from yesterday, today, tomorrow's podcast. <laughs> um, make sure you follow the Big Sky Podcast Network because this is a production of the Big Sky Pod that podcast network that Tubbs at the Club is a part of. You can follow them at Big Sky Podcasts on Twitter uh, to follow all the Big Sky Podcast Network developments and receive content throughout the season. We are not the only ones. The Grizz Fan Pod has an episode coming out. Uh, the Eagle Power Hour is doing content. So just because football season ended, the Big Sky did not. Um, make sure you buy your tickets to Boise. The tournament is down there. This men's team, I'm telling you, is going to get a win in the conference tournament. The women's team is probably going to be able to cut down the nets, knock on wood. Um, thanks for everybody for listening. Um, Martin, before we go, let the people know what you're up to and how they can find you. Um, I am on obviously on Twitter at Hemi underscore 71. You can catch me. I might take a little bit of a break on recruiting stuff, but I'll probably get back into it. Cause like Paul said, it is a 24, seven, operation. You can't take no breaks. Yeah. I'll probably maybe shift, maybe talking more women's basketball, stuff like that. As the tournament gets wrapped up, I do, I do go to every game uh, yes. and I am at every game. It's smart yeah not me <laughs> i'm not there <laughs> um yeah i could follow me there follow me on twitter and you'll probably be talking more dallas be talking i'll still be talking idaho stuff so follow yeah. me on twitter uh, what we should do is get you and tj to have just a women's basketball specific episode there is a question i've wanted to ask him for almost two years now and i have not asked is him it yet is it podcast safe like is he gonna be upset if it's on the podcast he, I think you might laugh. You might not know it, but I think it's it's been something about the. I it's like podcast it. safe because I'll just say it's podcast safe and it's NCAA safe because everybody that was affiliated with that's, it is now gone. That's the important part. Let's not be Missouri and self-report yeah. any violations. <clears throat> we are where there would be no NCAA violations anymore. Uh, I yeah, I no, know this for a fact. Nobody in this program breaks any rules. We're scotch clean, Scott clean, scotch. Anyways, on that. Uh, it's time for the best band. Martin? In the land to play us out. The sound of Idaho. <laughs> Go Vandals. And thank you everyone that joined us live. Uh, let us know how we did on attempt one. Hopefully we'll have Martin on it video in the next couple times. So, 
or Brian or everybody else. I'm excited. Anyways, thank you. I just did a second extra. That's embarrassing. See ya. Nice. Martin, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. All right. We had 25 people join. That's good. That yeah. might have been me exiting and leaving, checking yeah. Twitter on my phone. Uh, we got one new subscriber. <laughs> Probably That's you. good. And average watch time was over about nine minutes. And we had uh, total watch time three hours, peak concurrent. So we maxed at five people watching at once. You start small somehow. Yeah. I, I'm curious how the audio is going to sound. But, yeah. Booyah, Batman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I got to throw this on, and then I've got to edit what Brian and I recorded yesterday. Okay. 24 podcasts, or two hours, two podcasts, 24 hours. Anyways, thanks, Martin. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. We'll talk to you later. Yep, see ya.